0: Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of The Roost Podcast. As always, I am Carter Spires with my co-host Matthew Bartlett, the director and managing editor of The Roost, your premier source for rice sports news and analysis. So that was terrible. We're here because we are consistent,
1: Carter. We will show up every single week.
0: Yeah, because if there was ever a week for us to just decide, you know what? No one needs to hear about this football game ever again. Uh, this would be that week.
1: Yeah. Speaking of consistency, that that was that just sucked, man. Just <laughs> like I think it's ironic. Bloom made the lipstick on a pig comment during his press conference last week, talking about Rice beating Louisiana Tech. Uh, this was much worse than a pig. I don't know what's the hierarchy of gross animal comparisons. Yeah, uh, I don't. Possi- I don't
0: know what you call this one, um, but it was it was heinous in every possible way.
1: So I guess we can kind of circle back at what made this so disappointing. Is Rice is four and three. They have games coming up against Charlotte and UTEP, who are two teams that are not world beaters by any stretch of the imagination. And Rice is favored by 16 and a half points coming to this game. I uh, went back and looked the last time Rice was a favorite by this much was against an FCS team, which all things considered, I'm not going to say Charlotte's an FCS team, but, but, uh, I, you might not have looked at this. It came across my feed last week. D- have you seen the the bottom ten from ESPN that they do every week?
0: I know about it. I have not been looking at that yeah. one much this year, but yeah.
1: Well, well, Rice used to be past yeah, several years featured featured every week. Yeah, in the bottom ten, uh, Rice was in the bottom ten this week because they were a comment. On the number one team in the bottom team, which was, a bottom ten, which was Charlotte. Charlotte was the worst team in the country <laughs> in that uh, that update this week, and the uh, the commentary was basically like, "Well, they're going to play Rice and probably get beat down pretty good." And that didn't happen. And so I guess if if Rice had gone out and this had been UTSA and Rice had been smeared. 56 to 23 by utsa i would have been pissed because i think this team is better than that to have it happen to charlotte i just i know we're about to talk about it for like 20 30 minutes but i don't even know if i have the words
0: yeah i don't it's just so like shocking like they've been blown out before by like power five teams and that doesn't even bother you and they've been blown out by good C USA teams before and that bothers you because those are teams they should be able to compete with. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, that's a good team. And Rice hasn't been a good team much in the last couple of years. But I this year, for as inconsistent as they've been, like they were four and three. They were two and one in the conference. They had solid wins. They were inconsistent, but they had a functioning offense and a defense that was at least rising to the moment most of the time. Um, and they just got absolutely blown out by a team that had been so abysmal this season that they fired their coach a week ago. And yeah, you expect a bit of a dead cat bounce there. Some like that happens sometimes when teams fire their coaches midseason. But um, it was quite frankly, as a Rice fan, the word I would use is is humiliating. Yeah,
1: and and the thing was. It, you know, we do the coach-speaky thing where we'll give credit to Charlotte for showing up and being aggressive. I mean, the fake punt, the onside kick, some of their calls, like, they did just about everything right that they could have. But I guess I'm, I wasn't, like, completely gutted that Charlotte was able to score a lot of points. I think what was really... Humiliating, yeah, I think that's a good word. What what really just took the air out of you was the fact that the defense just had no answer. I mean, multiple third down conversions from ten plus, and at that, at, and that was like the first or second, uh, you know, qu- quarter right at the beginning of the game. And then Charlotte really didn't convert much on third down because they were either converting on fourth down or just getting ten yards of play, and it didn't matter. And it made it so challenging for me to process because, you know, all year we've said, well, we know one thing. We know the defense is good. And if they have a good defense and the offense can just kind of figure it out, they'll be fine. Uh, We've watched two bad Conference USA teams like. Capital B bad conference USA teams score forty points against this defense in back-to-back weeks.
0: Yeah, and you can't even blame like there was the one we had another tip drill interception on Rice's uh, what uh, second drive, and that was it. You can't even blame the turnovers in this one because um, like that that was the point where because Rice goes down and scores and. Uh, gets a stop, and then gets the ball back, turns it over, but uh, the, I, I just, I'm so distressed thinking about this game that I've completely lost my train of thought, but they turn it over, but then immediately they get another sack on this first series, and it ends up like third and sixteen. And I was like, okay, well, that was an annoying play, but, like, they just scored. Like, they're going to get another three and out just now. Like, maybe, like whatever, it'll be fine. Like, at that point, I was absolutely full of confidence that Rice was going to, like, pull away and win the game. And could do so fairly easily, even if it was a little closer at the start than you would have wanted. Um, but instead, it was just entirely downhill from there.
1: Yeah, and and it's it's strange because now we can say I was just kind of looking back at schedules. Uh, Rice is good for one, just like soul crushing, terrible loss a year, and th- <laughs> you're like you're playing USC, you're playing Texas, whatever. Like it, it is what it is. Like they have better athletes than you. Yeah, it would be nice to win one of those one of the days, but you're not not bent out of shape. Uh, Other than 2020, where they played five games every year, there's I mean, you go back to the UAB game in in 2019 and the, the downpour. And in 2021, they got smacked 45 to nothing to UTSA, 44 to seven to Houston, and now you have this game against Charlotte, the thing that all those first games have in common was they were good football teams. Yep. Charlotte's not, and do we have to start asking ourselves seriously if the defense is is broken?
0: Uh, There is something deeply wrong with it, because they have not really been impressive in any conference game at this point Uh, like i they they did well in the fau game um that was it but like what and i don't know like yeah they're not perfectly healthy right now but like what team is and and you know this was supposed to be the year where the depth was going to help you make progress in spots so that you know if you had guys down then you could at least be passable, like, you know.
1: Yeah, and they weren't They weren't at the point where they were rolling out guys that I don't feel comfortable being on the field, like Marcus Williams played a lot, Kirk Lockhart played a lot. They've been playing a lot all season. They're good safeties. Uh, you know, you had Lamont Narcisse, who's been the third corner. He was on the field a lot, but it didn't really matter what they put on the field because uh, it, the past two games, there's been – I don't know if it's been just their coverage scheme or if they've just gotten beaten, but the gap on the outside between the corner and that deep safety, that uh, Chris Reynolds and then three Louisiana Tech quarterbacks have been able to expose that and just put the ball right there on the sideline and then let their guy go get it. And if I see that, I, I know Brian Smith, the Rice Defensive Coordinator, sees it. But... Charlotte scored touchdowns on seven consecutive drives and the pass rush. They brought a lot of pressure in this game to kind of help get to the quarterback. It it didn't really ever work. Most of their sacks came in the first quarter. I think like the first two, maybe three drives and they all pretty much came with a four man rush like maybe I'm forgetting one and there was a fifth but they brought pressure and it just it didn't work all game.
0: And it, yeah, and it was frustrating after like this team has had some some first half clunkers this year and they've usually made good adjustments at halftime. Um but this was just nothing worked and it kept going just the same way the entire time. Um Frankly, yeah, so. and I—I I am rarely a person who does this, but like I—I I was watching the game at home, and I turned it off after the, when it was forty-two to fourteen or whatever. I turned it off because I—I I, there was nothing really left to see at that point.
1: I mean, you're not wrong because, and we we let off with the defense because. I mean, I know in after the game, Bloomberg was like, look, this is a team loss. And, and, and you know, that's true because no, nobody really carried their own water in any phase on this game. But, yeah, no. I think the defense definitely had the worst day. But yeah. spe- special teams. Let me where, let me go find what was Charlotte's starting average starting field position. Because uh, it, it, it had to have been like.
0: It the was very, 40-ish. very positive. They were consistently yeah. giving off big kickoff returns.
1: They they had a feel. They had a a their first. I think three returns set them up on the forty. Which like that's one return to the forty is something that's a problem. You have three something is really bad. Uh, Charlotte ran sixty two percent of their plays. Sixty two percent from the right side of the field.
0: Yeah, I mean I mean they scored 56 points on they only had like 514 yards, which is a lot, but like not uh typically if you're if you're north of 50 points, you're you're uh and you're not like scoring off a bunch of 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 non-offensive touchdowns then you're you're looking at a higher yardage total than that. So they were Uh, converting a lot of the sort of available yards in front of them.
1: Yeah. And in both like the coverage units on return were obviously not great. We had another uh, punt that was muffed this week and resulted in rice getting, they got it back fortunately, but ended up having them pinned, I think at the five yard line, Uh, the kick returns, the blocking on those, like granted, like you can't expect to have a home run, every play but the other team was getting out to the 40 yard line and rice got pinned like back deep several times so special teams was just it was bad and then we got to get to the offense because I I think it's a, a different conversation with how they played because I went and I watched that game and I think there's There's some culpability there where the other team just... At one point, Charlotte scored 35 consecutive points. Yep. Between Rice getting that field goal in the second quarter and Rice getting that touchdown in the fourth, Charlotte scored five touchdowns in a row. And Rice didn't turn the ball over in that stretch. So the offense has some problems but man I it really didn't seem all that egregious compared to everything else that was going wrong I mean maybe is that is that fair does does the offense get a C and everybody else gets a d or an F
0: yeah it, it was a bad day for the offense I think they just it was an abysmal day in every other phase of the game so they look decent by comparison it's kind of the way i feel about it
1: yeah i mean and tj mcmahon 18 to 33 55 that's lower than you want it to be there's been games like i think back to like like louisiana and then even like fau where out of the gate He just looked jittery and was just overthrowing guys and nothing was falling. I I didn't really think that he was that bad of a day, kind of throwing the football, made a couple plays with his legs. I thought he was fine. I thought the receivers were pretty good. I just, the running game was, I want to say stunk, but it didn't quite stink. It just wasn't very good. Mm Mm-hmm. And I have a I have a bone to pick with how that went down because you and I both watched Juma be the most effective Rice running back that we've seen this season. And I know Cam Montgomery has had some big games and averaged, I think he was coming into this game averaging like 7.5, 8 yards a carry or something like that. But I think Juma... I have to go look at this. I think he had one carry before halftime. Yeah. He had,
0: and, and like, he yeah, had one right.
1: carry in the first quarter and a couple more middle of the third. And he didn't have a carry in the first half that went for less than four yards. Yeah. Four, man. five, yeah. seven, four.
0: Like, he looked good, and in the early part of the game when it was competitive, he just wasn't getting any any run at all. And I don't understand that after last week. I don't understand that after...
1: You had, you had Uriah West come in, and Uriah West had four carries in this game. He came in for a short yardage one, which I know that was part of the package. They converted, and then they kept him on the field. And, I, like, I'm not hating against Uriah West. Cam Montgomery averaged three point five yards per carry in this game. Ten carries. Luke McCaffrey actually had the longest run of the day. He ran for thirty-seven yards. On I think that was a reverse. If I'm getting remembering things correctly, but I I'm just kind of fed up, man. Because to see what Juma had last week and to make zero zero effort to get him going, like if you're if you're if I'm Uh, You would think that Cam Montgomery would still be your stat back, your one B runner, not your primary guy. He's just not built for that. I think Juma has had the track record where he's done that. And I'm not just talking about last week. You go back to the ODU game, had 200 yards, something like that. Like Juma can be a guy who gets 15 touches the game. I just didn't give him a chance. And, Especially when when Charlotte started picking it up and scoring, that was the point where I'm just like, okay, the offense, like the the passing game, is is, is still going pretty good, but you kind of need to play some some keep away right now. Once yeah. Charlotte started picking it up into the first quarter, I'm like, possess the ball, have some long drives, and try and get Charlotte out of a rhythm. And they just they didn't. And it didn't work.
0: Yeah, I I just there. None of it made sense. Like, obviously, you kind of put this one on everybody, but uh, there were just a lot of. A lot of coaching decisions that didn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. And a lot of like when a team that comes out and plays this badly, like. Clearly, they were underprepared for this game. And, like, yeah, it's players that ultimately go out there and do the thing, but, like, you you have to... Uh, uh, like, there has to be accountability at, at every level here for this, and they just look horrendously underprepared.
1: Yeah, and it continues... the The thing that really irks me is it continues a trend... Where I think so far this year, the offense has kind of, and I think they've always been pretty good at this. Their, their programmed drives that did like 10 to 15 plays that they have scripted out before the game. I think those are some of the ones that they've executed the best. I mean, you go back to the FAU game where that was the only thing that worked. They had those drives and then everything went silent. Uh, you know, they haven't been perfect in the first half. They've had some slow starts, but I think those kind of things have been the parts that worked, but it's felt like, you know, for the last at least month that rice is going into halftime, just trying to hang on and survive. And then once they've seen what the, what punch the other team was going to throw, then they kind of make the adjustments and kind of have a, a chance to go out and punch back the the lack of preparation the the not being able to get it going out of the gate it's that's the part that's frustrating especially cuz you see them be able to go out and and win some of these big games where you have like Louisiana they were they were dominant UAB UAB had a bad day a lot of penalties and Rice took advantage of those but you know, we talked about that evolution, right? And we talked about... I remember this when we talked about McNeese. We said, when you're a good football team, you beat bad football teams by a lot. And that's what this should have been. I, even if it's not 52 to 10, I, in my head before the game, I'm like, this is a, this is a 42-28 kind of game. Yeah. Like, yeah, they can score. Okay, spot them 30 points. But for you to not... And, and the offense, yeah, like, they never got sync because the defense was always on the field. But it just, across the board, man, this is the kind of thing, and if we kind of look big picture a little bit, they have four games left. They have to win two to make a bowl game. They play UTEP, who lost to Middle Tennessee. UTEP's not a good football team either. I don't think at this point you can say Rice is. I think they are a team that can be good. I don't know if they are a good team. Yeah. But Western Kentucky who has been inconsistent and got shellacked by North Texas. UTSA left on the schedule. And then who am I? I'm North Texas who looks pretty good. So you're running out of your margin and it was good to over, to to punch over expectations in the first half of the season like i we can't take that away from this team because they are where they are with to still have the chance because they they did better than they were, you know, air quotes, supposed to. But man to burn your margin and put yourself in a you have to win now to get to six games, it it feels like all of a sudden this team is underperforming where they kind of should have been. Cuz even if you take a game away from the first half say they don't beat UAB or they don't beat Louisiana they they should climbing. have beaten
0: FAU and they should have beaten Charlotte and you've right. just like it's and it's
1: the, yeah it's the it's the fact that the margin like we thought when they got past UAB and they got past Louisiana we thought that the baseline for this team was yeah, you know, just used a record. We thought the baseline for this team was seven and five, eight and four, and maybe that's not, maybe the baseline was seven and five, six and six when they when yeah. they beat UAB in Louisiana, and we thought that they were above that baseline. Now the team that took the field against Charlotte, it kind of feels like this team is kind of where they were last year, where this is all of a yep. sudden a five and seven team that that's the baseline. And if they want to get to a bowl, they have to play better than we might expect them to. And that's not quite reality because they're four and four on the season already. But
0: I mean, how many of those four remaining are like, they are probably going to be favored? Well, I don't know what the line is against UTEP. I'm sure it's already out. They'll Um, be favored against UTEP
1: uh, at, at home. Yeah. They won't be favored against North Texas, UTSA. Western Kentucky is on the road, so I would imagine Western Kentucky would be a a favorite. So spreads out. Rice is a a two-and-a-half-point favorite this weekend against UTEP.
0: Yeah. Oh, uh, maybe I'm reading this wrong, but it looked like UTEP opened as a a one-and-a-half-point favorite, and now the line I'm seeing is three in favor of Rice. But, like, still... Okay, you're mar- you're slightly favored in that one game at home, you are not going to be favored in any of So like you have, in failing to beat either FAU and getting flat embarrassed, which is not even a strong enough word by Charlotte, you have lost all margin for error and now you are going to have to pull an upset. Assuming they beat Utah, which is not a given at this point, you have to pull an upset to get to a bowl at this point and... After the way the first part of the season went, this is not where they should be.
1: Yeah, uh, this. It, it, it's funny because going into this game, I didn't really ever consider that this could be a game that kind of sours my entire opinion on the season. Yeah, and I don't know if I'm I don't know if I'm there yet, but.
0: If like and we know like this is conference USA, right? The the talent margins are all tight. And we know like anybody can lose to anybody. I like I would have been really disappointed and upset if Rice had lost a close game to this team. Um, but uh, at the same time, it would have been like, you know, that can happen when the other team is motivated and plays great and you come out and are flat and aren't prepared and don't play well. Like, I would have been, I don't know, sour and like Uh, pessimistic if that had happened, but I just didn't even contemplate the possibility that they would get double reverse covered as 15 and a half point favorites.
1: Yeah. And and so it, so if we play this season out and, and Rice goes six and six. say they beat UTEP and then they beat, I don't even care. (laughs) like, any of the three remaining games would be good. You beat either of the Texas teams, North Texas and UTSA, and then you're looking at a season where you beat UTSA, you've beaten UAB, and you've beaten Louisiana, and you probably should have beaten Houston. Like, it's a step forward. You can kind of feel that there's something missing from the formula, but, like, it's a, all of a sudden it's a it's a pretty good, pretty capable like, team I don't even want to say good uh, but if you if if they don't get there if they finish with four wins or five wins this is this is the game that you circle that says this is where they kind of they ran out of gas yep. and I hope we don't have to do that in four weeks but man this is a this is a line of demarcation
0: yeah and you are setting yourself up very poorly to enter the aac next year so
1: yeah which is a spoiler for and i'll plug this i don't know if we have i don't know too much this is our our coping session but i will plug a a, a subscriber Q and a that just is going up on Patreon is is already up by the time you're listening to this. And somebody asked, and I thought it was interesting kind of thought exercise, which of the six teams entering the American are best positioned for immediate success? And go ahead and subscribe. I'm not going to give you the contents of all the article here, but let's just say I wrote that piece on Friday and i left a couple gaps in there for you know depending on if anything interesting happens in this game i might kind of tweak some stuff but i knocked rice down a tier of where i thought they were because of this game my perception of their future capabilities took a hit and uh, they can they can go climb out of that but but man, this was this was a rough one. Go read that. See if you agree with me. See if I was too low or too high. I'd like to see if there's anybody that uh I don't know. Just tell us your thoughts. Find us on Twitter, tweet us about the podcast, commiserate with us, feel feel bad with us so that we know we're not alone.
0: Yeah. Um and on that note, I I <laughs> Let's call it there, because it's been 30 minutes, and I don't want to talk about this game anymore. So, uh, we'll see y'all again probably pretty early next week, because game's on Thursday. Um, And, yeah, we will see where things go from here. Um, And, rice fight, I guess. This show was edited and produced by Carter Spires. It features music from Joseph McDade.